Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. live broadcast of The Way of Healing. My name is Susan Brozak. I'm a licensed clinical Christian psychotherapist and founder of Healing Word Psychotherapy Services, my private practice located in Mequon, Wisconsin. I want to thank you for joining me tonight, and I'd like to open us up in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity tonight that you have given for me to share your words of truth, Lord God, on a topic that so many of us are familiar with, Lord, and that's the topic of stress, Lord. You didn't design us, Lord, to live under constant stress, and so I pray that as we open up your word tonight and also look at some um, sound psychological principles as they pertain to overcoming stress, that you would just speak through uh, this broadcast, uh, Lord, that's going all over uh, the globe tonight, Lord God, and reach all the hearts, Lord, that need this wisdom, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do uh, through this. We thank you, God, for your solutions. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you give us in your word to help us live the best lives that we can through you and by your strength and power. I ask now for you to bless uh, our time together, and I thank you in advance uh, for the good fruit that will go forward from what is said here tonight, and we just dedicate this time to you. We ask all these things in your glorious and holy name. Amen. So tonight we're going to be looking at part one of a series called How to Overcome Stress. And with the holiday season approaching, most of us will be facing some level of stress as we prepare for it. So this week's broadcast is going to look at the signs and symptoms of stress, ways that we can reduce stress, both through practical suggestions and also through scripture, along with tools that we can use to keep our lives in balance. So I'd like to start out tonight by defining for you what stress is. Stress is, quote, anything that pushes us away from equilibrium, and equilibrium is another term for balance. This balance is a lack of comfort in any area of our lives, physical, emotional, social, or spiritual. So both the mind and the body desire to stay away from discomfort, and they want to move towards comfort and calm. That's just the way that the Lord wired us. So stress, then, is the state that results when any factor pushes us away from that calm place. The factor itself is called a stressor. It follows that stress can come from the good and exciting things in life as well as from the disturbing and tragic things. So with any change comes the potential for stress. 
Again, even good change can be stressful, which leads us into another principle. Too much change, whether good or bad, in a short period of time will inevitably overload a person's coping skills. For example, what do we do when we eat too much food, even if it's good food or your favorite food? We stop eating and wait until it's digested, hopefully. (laughs) We don't keep shoving it in. And similarly, uh, when too much change hits us in too short of a period of time, we need to stop, take a step back, rest, and quote-unquote digest it. So I'd like to discuss with you now how to determine uh, the, quote, stress profile, unquote, in your life. Um, And this is really to give you an idea of where you're at in terms of stressors and your ability to handle them. So this can include um, the intensity of stress, its history in your life, and how you've dealt with it. So this will really give you an opportunity to gauge where you're at in terms of stress. Also, we'll explore what the biblical remedy of stress is, which happens to be rest and peace. Um, I'll introduce you to some practical steps that will bring short-term stress relief, restored hope, and physical and spiritual renewal, and we'll look at some principles that will develop for us a restful spirit. So let me share with you now some signs and symptoms of stress. First, let's look at physical signs. And these are not always or the only signs of stress, but they are some common indicators. You may have muscle aches, headaches, migraines, sleeplessness, an upset stomach, reduced appetite, or maybe an increased appetite, chronic fatigue, or an excessive eating or drinking. Some emotional signs can include anger, resentment, fear, helplessness, despair, depression, loneliness, agitation, irritability, and guilt. Um, And some social signs of stress can include withdrawing from other people, isolation, increase in conflict with others, and impaired listening skills. So you're unable to really focus on what's being said to you. Mental signs of stress include extra negative self-talk, catastrophizing images, which is imagining worst-case scenarios, opposition to change, confusion, much difficulty making simple decisions, lack of being able to concentrate, and self-doubt. Also with this is the inability to remember simple things. So you might find yourself become more, uh, you might find yourself becoming more forgetful when you're under too much stress. Some job-related or vocational indications of stress, which you might see in terms of your workplace, can be lack of concentration, procrastination on the job, being more disorganized, being extra sensitive to constructive uh, criticism, mistrust, and excessive aggression or passivity. And finally, some spiritual signs of stress can include a reduced commitment to your morals, your value system, and your beliefs, and maybe even an abandonment of some of your spiritual activities, such as your quiet time, your prayer, church attendance, um, and you may even get to a point where you're questioning the goodness and sovereignty of God. So those are some indicators uh, as you think about those things. If you're out of balance in one or more of those areas, 
um, could be a good indicator that you're under some substantial stress. And I understand that all of us have stress to one extent or another. In fact, if we didn't have any stress, we'd have little motivation to do anything. But what we're talking about tonight is stress that becomes uh, problematic and uh, really debilitating to you in terms of living your daily life and carrying out your daily activities. So as you can see, um, stress is a very important factor in our lives. And it's one that needs to be kept in balance just like everything else. So let me share with you now something called the ABCs of stress. A stands for an activating event. B stands for belief system. And C stands for consequent feelings. So these are just some basic ways that you can identify and overcome stress in your belief system. Our thought processes, as I've mentioned many times before on this broadcast, have a tremendous impact on the level of stress experienced by us in a given situation. And as a result, an individual may be experiencing a high degree of stress um, on, if in one particular case, while another person in an identical situation might be completely relaxed. So understanding these basics about stress can be key in having victory over it. First of all, there's what I called the A, the activating event. And this would be really any event that activates our stress response. So it could be change. It could be needing to be around people that we find hard to deal with. It could be an argument or strife of some kind. It could be a disruption in routine and so forth. Um, then we go on to B, which is belief system, and that's another key as it pertains to stress. So essentially, this represents a cognitive filter, um, and it includes our self-talk, our past experiences, and expectations about how other people in the world should act. So our belief system is often composed of irrational thoughts, unfortunately. And I often say to my clients, too, that at some point, we, we really do need to do away with the, quote, shoulds, unquote, in our lives. Um, shoulds and expectations that aren't realistic will inevitably lead to discouragement and disappointment. And if you're putting all kinds of shoulds on yourself in terms of how you should act and should behave, it can be a, a setup for failure, uh, and it can be a setup for true disappointment because these are man-made rules that you may be putting on yourself that are not necessarily in line with the reality of life, and they might have some irrational beliefs at their core. Um, so if that isn't kept in balance, some of these things can even lead a person into a state of depression for a period of time. So really watch how you view and perceive the world. Look at your belief system and look at the thoughts that run through your mind, as we talked about on the, the first program, Automatic Negative Thoughts, and be aware of how you're viewing your life. That's a huge piece. Um, C of the ABCs, as I said before, um, has to do with consequent feelings. And what this really is is the, the stress-producing or stress-reducing feelings that result uh, depending on your belief system about stress. So, for example, the prospect of delivering a, a public speech or being involved in a public speaking engagement might result in an anxiety attack uh, for some people who are not as extroverted and don't enjoy that type of thing. Or for others, 
It might result in an excited anticipation, depending on how you're wired. So the same event can cause two entirely different reactions, and that's what's important to remember. What's stressful for one person might not be stressful for someone else. In fact, it might actually be something that's very enlivening to them and something they very much enjoy. So just be aware that the people around you process stress very differently and different events will be triggering to them than for you. So let me give you now some examples of irrational thoughts, which we kind of uh, discussed just a few moments ago. So some examples of these types of thoughts would be the following. I need everyone to love me and approve of me. Everything I do should be done perfectly. I should never fail. I should worry about anything bad that happens or might happen. I should live for the moment and avoid added responsibilities to my life. And again here, you can see how many shoulds were present in these ways of thinking that I just stated. And many of us have unknowingly adopted these things uh, just throughout our lives. Unfortunately, though, they set us up for some unfortunate consequences when things don't go the way we, quote, think they should. Um, so we have this activating event, as I described, then we have a belief system, and then we have the consequent feeling. Some examples of irrational beliefs about events or about other people might include, for example, there are bad people out there and they deserve to be punished. Or if things don't go well for me, I can't help feeling bad when things go wrong. So there's a defeatist attitude in that one. It's sort of a victim mentality. Um, or what has happened in the past will dictate how I feel on what will happen in the future. And perfect solutions exist for all situations. So hopefully you can see that none of these are realistic expectations. And if you recognize any of them as being part of your belief system, I would highly recommend um, that you challenge them with reality because they're not realistic mindsets to have in dealing with the events and the people in our lives. And it's these types of thoughts that really will lead us down the wrong path in terms of trying to overcome stress. So with that foundation laid, I want to say a little bit now about how you can respond to stress in terms of your physical reactions. So anytime change occurs and or your expectations aren't being met, you experience stress. Overreaction to stress also increases your stress. So stress becomes prolonged and feels unmanageable when you feel like situations causing the stress are not within your control. And that's really the bottom line with stress. When you're in a situation, especially when it's long-term, whether it's a financial issue that's not getting resolved, whether it's a long-term chronic health condition, there's all kinds of examples. Those are not things that are within your control. And when you're going through something like that, those can actually be the most stress-producing because you feel like, because you have no sense of control over it, that you're almost in the state of learned helplessness of, well, there's nothing I can really do about this. And that can plunge a person very quickly down into discouragement and depression. Um, so be aware that the, the highest stressors are, are usually in situations uh, of situations that you have the least control. So the most important thing you can do is to learn to stay grounded in the Lord amidst change. Stress is inevitable, and to some extent it can't be avoided. 
Your body reacts to stress with a fight, freeze, or flight response. And that's referencing adrenaline and cortisol. So when there's a threatening event that happens uh, or a highly stressful situation, your body tends to go into one of three modes. One mode it might go into is fight mode. And that's because there's a rush of adrenaline and cortisol that's flooded to your um, your heart and your brain respectively and that puts you in a mode to fight back against the situation another response that we typically hear of is a flight response and that's a also a reference to adrenaline and cortisol which causes you to flee the threat or the stressing situation there's actually a third response that not a lot of Uh, clinicians are recognizing, but it's a response of just freezing. And by that I mean feeling like you can neither flee nor fight back. So you just kind of are uh, temporarily emotionally paralyzed. Um, That also has to do with adrenaline and cortisol, but they don't have an outlet in that case. So those are three responses that we tend to have as people to stressful or triggering events, fight, freeze, or flight. And here's what can happen. You might have a physical reaction to um, an event such as an increase increase in heart rate. The purpose of that is to pump blood faster, but the long-term effect, if it gets out of balance, could be high blood pressure, for example, or heart issues. Another physical reaction to stress is that your breathing is more rapid. And the purpose, of course, for that is to provide more oxygen to your brain and to your body when you are in a heightened state of feeling threatened or stressed. But again, that has a negative long-term consequence as well, and that could consist of chest pains, um, tired diaphragm muscles, and some other issues. You can see that too much stress really does take its toll on your body, and Taken to an extreme, um, some types of stress can manifest themselves through autoimmune disorders. Um, some physicians believe that fibromyalgia, for example, is a direct result of an imbalance or, or an overload of adrenaline and cortisol, and those are caused by stress, so it's a stress reaction. There's also something called chronic fatigue syndrome, and there's even a condition called adrenal fatigue or Addison's. So these are all things that can happen to the body um, when, when you're under too much stress. And so we'll talk later on about how important it is to um, re- recover a sense of balance in your life so that you're not putting yourself in these situations where long-term damaging effects can, can occur. Another stress reaction is that your digestion often slows down after you've eaten a meal. And this is when you're under stress. And the purpose of this is to divert the blood flow to the larger muscle groups. So the long-term effect of this can be the development of ulcers or other GI issues. So if you're stressed out and you're trying to eat dinner, you don't have the proper uh, GI um, chemicals ready to digest that food in the way that if you were eating when you weren't stressed. Um, So it's important to be relaxed and calm when you're enjoying a meal because it really can have have effects on other parts of your body. The long-term effects are things that we can't always predict. 
And so that's why, as I said, with ulcers or GI issues, if you're eating under stress, it inhibits your body's natural processes of breaking down food and digest. So um, another stress reaction, um, if you're eating under stress, is that extra sugar in insulin might be released into the bloodstream. Now, the purpose of that is to provide more energy, but the long-term negative effect can mean low blood sugar and make you feel tired. And finally, stress messages can be sent to muscles with the purpose of preparing muscles for action. But the long-term effect, if there's no real danger or threat to you, is muscle fatigue. And again, some some uh, medical practitioners believe that that, that um, can lead into fibromyalgia. So kind of by describing these things, I hope that you can see how important it is that we learn how to deal with stress so that it doesn't affect our body in these negative ways. And that's just the physical end of things. Stress also does such a number on us emotionally and mentally and spiritually um, in, in terms of how symptoms are produced. I need to say also that stre- stress symptoms will show up in the body in your weakest area. So, for example, wherever you have a weakness physically, the stress will be most amplified in that area. Um, the cardiovascular system, as an example, um, can uh, be affected if you have a tendency towards maybe heart palpitations or breathing issues. So then when stress hits that, um, you'll see an exacerbation of symptoms in that realm. Too much stress could also lead to high blood pressure, a stroke or a heart attack or chest discomfort. So if you have cardiovascular issues and you're under stress, those are particular areas that you need to look out for. The digestive system, such as uh, developing ulcers, heartburn, colitis, and gastritis, um, can also be symptomatic of too much stress. And if you have weaknesses in that part of your body, um, you can then experience um, uh, an exacerbated tendency towards some of the issues I just mentioned, um, GI pain, uh, trouble digesting foods, um, irritable bowel syndrome, etc. cetera. Um, in terms of muscle, muscle tension, that can happen as well, and with that can, ca- uh, can result in lower back pain, insomnia, tension headaches, and migraines. So I'm giving you examples now of extreme cases and usually ones that only occur after a prolonged and intense period of stress. However, we do need to realize that there are potential physical ramifications for stress in our body. And that alone, I think, um, serves as, in my opinion, a great motivator for wanting to learn how to deal better with stress and cope with it more effectively so that we're not doing harm to the physical system systems within our body. If you want to change an outcome in your life, listen to the thoughts about the situation that you tell yourself. You can change these unproductive thoughts to new ones that will lead you towards your desired goal. And this helps you to be better able to cope with and problem solve the stress in your life. So your perception has so much to do with how you experience stress. The way you view the world is key. All your experiences, relationships, information, etc., will be filtered through your personal perception. 
And your biases will distort these perceptions to fit with your belief system. So all of this goes together cognitively as it pertains to how you process the world around you. The ability to challenge your perception and look at situations differently will be one of your most important skills in managing stress. And I'll spend substantial time giving you some tools in how to do that. Your perception is communicated to you through your self-talk, and we've discussed that before. Uh, The things that you tend to tell yourself, whether positive or negative, play a huge role in how you process and cope with stress. So let me give you some examples now of thinking that will serve to increase stress. And then I'll give you some problem-solving thinking that can help reduce stress. Thinking that can serve to increase stress might be something such as, this is terrible, I'll never get out of this situation. But a better thing to say to yourself would be, why is this so upsetting? Another unhelpful thing you could say is, why me? Or go into sort of a pity party mode. But instead of saying that, it's really better and more healthy to say, what information do I need right now? to make a better decision and to cope with this better. So another negative response might be, well, I'll show them if someone maybe has hurt you. The problem-solving response would be, I can only control what I do. So we can see here with these juxtapositions of different types of thought patterns that the way we perceive problems and the way we think about issues has so much to do with the amount of stress that we will experience as we go through our lives. So clearly, challenge yourself to go away from the unhelpful uh, patterns of thought where you look at something through the lens of being a victim and try to go over to the other side of thinking in terms of how can this situation be uh, improved. And the best way to do that is to call on the Lord and ask him to show you his answers and how you can deal with something and how you can best respond and trust him to carry the load for you so that you aren't collapsing underneath it. Let me talk to you now briefly about some quick fix stress management techniques. And these are not long-term solutions, but they are definitely um, very helpful in the moment if you're experiencing a ton of stress or maybe even uh, escalating up into a panic attack. So deep breathing, and I know we hear the term a lot, Um, is something that actually is very effective. This works to relax all systems affected by stress. So for cardiovascular, deep breathing helps to drop blood pressure and heart rate. For the digestive system, it helps the diaphragm to move and as a result, massages digestive organs. And as a side note, three deep breaths are recommended before eating a meal to to signal the digestive system to begin working. So deep breathing can help muscular tension because the exhale will signal muscles to relax. Deep breathing can also help brain power in the sense that it increases oxygen flow, resulting in increased ability to concentrate, problem solve, and think more clearly. So there's a lot to be said for deep breathing. It is a good fix for stress in the moment, and I'll just briefly explain to you now how you can implement this. It's fairly simple. You can sit in a comfortable position, allow your shoulders to relax. Then you'll want to exhale completely to a count of 10. 
Then inhale slowly, also to a count of 10, making your abdomen rise. So in this process, your chest, rib cage, and shoulders should not move at all. Only the abdomen should be moving as the lower lungs fill with air. So this is not upper lung breathing or shallow breathing. This is deep diaphragmatic breathing. In this type of breathing, the stomach goes out to inhale and is sucked back in to exhale. So the sequence is as follows, just to reiterate for you. Inhale slowly to the count of 10. Then hold your breath to the count of 10. And then exhale slowly to the count of 10. And you can practice this for 3 to 10 cycles if you like. When this feels comfortable to you, you can practice it as you sit, stand, or even walk. And deep breathing can be especially helpful before meals, at work when you're stressed in the middle of your day, and even before bedtime. It'll help getting, get you in uh, the mode for sleep if you take deep breaths before you go to bed. So I hope that's helpful for you. And just before we wrap tonight, I'd like to briefly take a look at the biblical concept of rest and how it can be a remedy for stress. And in two weeks, we'll we'll look at part two of how to overcome stress, and we'll kind of continue um, along these lines. And also, I'll be giving you more tools, especially as we face some stressful times in the next couple of months, in how to best overcome stress in your own life. So Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 tells us that there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. And we all know that God rested on the seventh day of creation. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. I frequently will say to clients as they come in and they're complaining about stress and that their plate is too full, I ask them, do they have one day per week where they can truly just rest and not have to do anything other than let themselves relax? And frequently, and especially in this exceedingly busy society of multitasking that we live in, that's not reality for most people. But it is a biblical command, and it's not even a suggestion. It's a command from the Lord that we take a Sabbath day to rest. And I don't think it's as crucial whether that's Saturday or Sunday, but it needs to be one of the days of the week, even a weekday if necessary, because God designed our bodies in such a way that he realizes that too much stress can affect all areas of our life. And so it's actually being obedient to God's command to take one day a week and rest, and that is not being lazy. And I think we have this notion that, well, gee, if I take one day just to sort of, you know, be in this relaxation mode and sit at home and maybe spend time with the Lord but not do much of anything else, somehow that we are um, we're going to be perceived as, as slothful or lazy. And, and that's not the case at all. If God himself rested, and we all know he didn't need to rest because he's God, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, but if he chose to rest, that was to set an example for us in our seven-day week as well. So just remember that this is something that's vital in controlling your stress. So there are several principles regarding stress that emerge from this passage that 
um, I just read to you in Hebrews. Uh, so in closing, uh, first of all, real rest occurs only when we are walking with God and trusting him. That is a great antidote to stress. Um, we can try to do this without God, but he is the one who refreshes, and he's the one that brings us our strength. Secondly, there's a fundamental difference between working and resting, and the fatigue of work is its pain, and the lilies of the field neither toil or are in pain. It is only man who is the being who works and who becomes tired in pain. And that's taken from a scripture verse, just to kind of reiterate that sometimes we overwork ourselves so much and to such an extreme that we're exhausted mentally, emotionally, and physically, and sometimes we're even in pain as a result of it. Um, but the Lord is encouraging us not to put ourselves in that position. It has such a detrimental, detrimental effect on all areas of our lives. And third, lack of trust in God makes rest very difficult. It's hard for us to let our guard down if we don't believe that the God we serve is watching over us. We know that when we're not walking in obedience, how much stress and how much additional frustration that can bring into our lives. Sometimes, even though we might not feel like it at the time, it's so much easier just to make the decision to trust and obey God. And saying when when we don't feel necessarily like um, spending a day taking a Sabbath rest, that we just kind of bypass our feelings and make a decision of our will, a choice, as it were, to spend that day in rest. There's actually a, a saying um, that I think is, is very um, poignant, and it's this. When we work, God rests. When we rest, God works. And I think that's important to remember because it kind of gives us the notion that if we're trying to do it all ourselves, he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity to come in and help us. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And so we need to ask the Lord um, and depend upon him for his strength and his grace. And when we do that, he really will give us supernaturally um, the anointing and the gracing to carry out what he's asked us to do. We need to remember to ask him and then trust him for it. So finally, in reference to this verse in he the verses in Hebrews I just read, uh, returning to rest means seeking God with a heart of faith. And again, if you keep that one day a week just for yourself as best as you can for rest, you will experience God's refreshment and blessings. So on that note, that's all the time that we've got left for tonight. Um, I just want to thank you again so much for listening this evening, and I hope you'll join me again in two weeks for my next broadcast where we'll pick up here and we'll talk further about stress and ways to manage it and, and uh, give you some better coping skills, uh, especially at this crucial time of the year. So if you'd like to contact me directly at Healing Word, which is my private practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website at www.healing-word.com. Thank you very much and God's richest blessings be upon you.